to the Reading the Bible Together podcast. I'm your host, Angela Smith, and today we are talking about Luke chapter 23. My guest today is one of my office mates and so, so great to have him on the team. My guest today is our manager of operations for Faith Radio, Justin Bowser. Welcome, Justin. Angie, it's great to be on finally. (laughs) (laughs) So just explain kind of real briefly what like, what does that mean, manager of operations? Well, uh, some might know if they're just listening to the podcast that we have a radio network here called Faith Radio Network, and we have uh, nine radio stations across the Midwest and in Connecticut. And then we also have uh, a growing number of people who listen on like our app. a quarter of the people that yeah. listen are oh, on the app or online. It's, 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 it's growing to almost 50% of our, of our audiences is accessing in us in some digital format. So mm-hmm. it's great to be part of this network where uh, I get the privilege of making sure that the train is on the track, so to speak. So I get to make sure that everything is coming in correctly, all of our programs, all of our spots, all of uh, the radio runs on a clock. So we might make sure the timing is correct and that every piece of the puzzle, so to speak, is there to make sure that we have a operation that's running smoothly. 24-7. 24-7, 365. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Radio doesn't stop. It doesn't stop. No. So so my job, I don't punch a time clock. I'm, I'm on call 24 <laughs> <laughs> but it, but it's it's such a privilege to be part of a ministry where you know you get to come to work and and not only do something you love to do as a job, but also to be part of spreading the gospel of Jesus mm-hmm. Christ every day. Yeah. So it's it's a privilege. It, it really, really is. It is. Yeah. It's, and we have the best team. We do the best team to we work do. with. And then we get to do fun things like this. Yeah, and this podcast. podcast is just part of that new digital growing audience. I mean, you can access all of our faith radio shows um, in a podcast form and it's so cool to be able to listen on demand and then have these little extras. So Yeah. Very yeah. fun. And and reading Luke together is is fun. Okay, well, today's chapter might not feel very fun because today's chapter is a pretty heavy chapter. No, we've got a lot to unpack in Luke chapter 23. I don't know that we'll get to all of it, but we're almost at the end of Luke. Yeah. So we've only got one more chapter. And so it's we're starting out with Jesus's trial before Pilate, and then Pilate, you know, isn't really finding Jesus guilty, and then he... You know, he kind of passes the... Yeah, oh, you're from Galilee? You're under someone else's jurisdiction, and so he sends him to Herod. Right. And then we both notice that Jesus is silent. Yeah, that was so interesting because, of course, you know, the the religious leaders brought Jesus to Pilate initially, and and he asked Jesus, you know, are you the king of the Jews? And he said... You've said it. You've said it. Mm -hmm. And But then when when he's brought to Herod, it's a different story. Yeah, there's no defense... At yeah. all of himself. And it, you know, I started to wonder why is he doing, why is he silent? Is he silent because, well, first of all, Herod, you know, Herod is, you know, what I was thinking about um, in, back in chapter eight, we hear of Joanna, whose husband is like the business manager for Herod. And so mm-hmm. is he hearing from his business manager through his wife about what Jesus is doing? And then I thought it was really interesting kind of what you picked up about who Herod is. Well, yeah. I mean, I think of Herod just from earlier on in Jesus's story, you know, kind of the precursor, of course, 
uh, John the Baptist who was beheaded by Herod, you know, and just really the wickedness of Herod and just awful person who he really was and having the big parties where, you know, he he had the dancers and and brought, uh, you know, Jesus's cousin, John the Baptist's head out on a platter and stuff. So I don't think, I don't think Jesus really had anything to say to Herod because I think Herod was wanting Jesus to perform. Mm-hmm. Which Jesus doesn't do. He doesn't. I, I can't remember. I think it was maybe back in chapter seven in the study guide. I put a quote from Michael Card's book, The Gospel of Amazement, the book he wrote about Luke. And he talked about how John, you know, people were getting frustrated because John and John the Baptist and Jesus wouldn't dance for them. Yeah. Like he wouldn't, they wouldn't perform. Yeah the way that people were wanting them to perform. Which I think is just so, it it speaks to the culture we're in today where it's all entertainment, right? Just what can you do for me? How can I be entertained? And Jesus- How can following Jesus benefit me? Yeah. And and Yeah, it really is. And so he he wasn't going to be any part of that. No. And then, and so after that, then he- he gets sentenced. He goes back to Pilate. Correct. And then they end up kind of pushing and pushing, and they give a, get a choice between Jesus and Barabbas, who was a murderer. And yeah, I thought another. He was he was um, in prison for taking part of an insurrection in Jerusalem. Yeah, which is is mm-hmm. kind of what they were accusing Jesus of too. Right. I mean, they they were saying he was inciting riots. Right. And I think it's interesting because Pilate really wanted to to he was looking for anything to get Jesus off. Right. right. But it was really the crowd that was getting much more angry. And and I think he he, he was like, I can't I can't take the chance of this thing blowing up any, any bigger. And that's really what, you know, where he said, I'm washing my hands. But I found it interesting too, through one of the the commentaries that I, I read that, you know, it wasn't, Pilate wasn't just going to let Jesus off, you know, because he said that he was going to, um, Herod came to the same conclusion and sent him back to us. Nothing this man has done calls for the death penalty. So I will have him flogged. And then I will release him. So um, I think sometimes we don't realize really what what that means, you know, just really the torture that he was that he was going to go ha- have to go through anyways. And um, as I began to really dive into this and study just the crucifixion, it was just it was overwhelming what mm-hmm. our Savior went through. You know, I don't suggest studying this chapter if you don't want to be moved and to tears because I don't understand how anyone couldn't look at what our savior went through for us Mm -hmm. and not be overwhelmed with the amount that he suffered. You know, when I read about, you know, when they're saying, do you want Barabbas or do you want Jesus? And the crowd is yelling, crucify him, crucify him, crucify Jesus. And it wasn't that long ago that he was making his triumphal entry into Jerusalem and everyone was saying, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Yeah. And how easy it would have been for me to be one of those people who I really want to be is one of those women that have been following him since he started his ministry in Galilee who are, you know, watching from a distance, watching all of this happen. But and how, kind of are spoke, spoke to throughout this chapter mm-hmm. all the way to the end. Yeah. But how easy it is to to be on the accusing side or to follow the whims of, 
Well, to get sucked into the crowd. Yeah. Right. Crowd Mm -hmm. mentality. And yeah, we want to be, we want to be, I think he's called us to be light, right? Right. In this dark world. And so we're not going to fit into the crowd most of the time, if at all. So, and then we see him after he, you know, they say crucify him. And so he's taken out to be crucified. A large crowd trailed behind them and many of the grief-stricken women. And Jesus turned to them and said, Daughters of Jerusalem, don't weep for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. For the days are coming when they will say, Fortunate indeed are the women who are childless, the wombs that have not borne a child and the breasts that have not nursed. People will beg mountains fall on us and plead with the hills bury us. For these things are done when the tree is green. What will happen when it's dry? And I mean... Up until the end, you know, and then he says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they were doing mm-hmm. to to be to be flogged and to suffer and to be abused in the way that he was and to continue to forgive the people who were doing it. And then the people there giving them a warning. Yeah. Leading up until his death is overwhelming. It's overwhelming, it's overwhelming to think about. Well, right. And then and then we could talk too, if we had more time, just about the the interaction with the the two thieves on the cross, you know, the two criminals, and and just how how there was a conversion story right there too. So Christ is in the business of transforming lives, and all you have to do is give him a moment, an, an opportunity, and he will he'll change your total trajectory of life. And that's what's so awesome about our Savior, right? Mm-hmm. And why it's so important to have that personal relationship with him because we have an advocate with the Father that we can go to at any moment. And so it's so cool to see that that interaction throughout the cruci- crucifixion story, just whether it be, you know, the thieves on the cross or the women, um, just how, how Christ can be that personal. Yep. And I love what you pointed out when we were talking earlier before we were recording about how the thief that converts says, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Like the knowledge that he had. Yeah, he believed who Jesus was. Yeah. And that he had a kingdom. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then we see Jesus die Mm -hmm. and, and the burial of Jesus. And again, we see the, the women come into play again. And, you know, these women that have been following him, who are standing at a distance watching everything that's happened. They take down his body. They put it in the tomb. They watch where it is. And then they go and prepare all of the spices and everything needed and ointments to anoint his body. But by the time they were finished, the Sabbath had already began. And so they rested, which was, which was required by the law. And how, like when you're in sorrow and when you're in grief, you, I don't know about, I want to just, do something. Right. I want to do something to try to make things better. And so they, it feels like to me out of respect, they wanted to go and, you know, anoint his body and, and respectfully deal with his, his body and they have to wait and they have to rest and the tension of, of that, of sitting in that. Oh man, I can't imagine. I can't imagine. I think that, uh, I think the takeaway here could be being prepared for what the Lord is going to do through you, but then having to wait through that process. <laughs> and we don't like that. No. We don't like the waiting game. Again, in, particularly in the American culture, we want instant gratification. Mm-hmm. But that's that's not, God's timing is not our timing. 
I think that we should always, we want to be prepared, right? But we also have to, to understand he's going to ask us to wait sometimes. Yep. You know? And I think it would be really easy to skip over this whole chapter. Oh, easy. Because it's so painful. Yeah. But this chapter isn't the last chapter. It's in not. The book. And the, it's not the end of the story. No. It's really the core of our Christian faith, right? right? That crucifixion. But it's not the end of the story. Yeah. This so. is what we're hearing is Good Friday, is what yeah. we remember on Good yes. Friday. So this is the darkness of Good Friday. And yeah. Sunday's going to come. Yeah. But I think it's important. Sunday has more meaning. Yeah. His resurrection has more meaning when you can linger yeah. and sit in the darkness and the pain. Yeah, we have to go through that process. And I think about the scripture, weeping may endure for a night, Mm. but joy comes in the morning. Yeah. And so as as they say in radio, stay tuned because it's not the end of the story. (laughs) The best is yet to come. Thank you so much for doing this, Justin. Oh, yes. This has been so much fun. So Let's good. do it again soon. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for joining us for Luke chapter 23. And I hope you take time to sit in this chapter and to linger in this chapter and remember everything that Jesus has done for you. I hope you will join us next time when we will see the joy that came on Sunday morning in Luke chapter 24. The Reading the Bible Together podcast is a production of Faith Radio and Northwestern Media. Hosted, produced, and edited by Angela Smith. If you've enjoyed this podcast and want to hear more, consider financially supporting Faith Radio. Find more information at MyFaithRadio.com. Faith Radio.